Travis here from Two Board Guys Podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by BoardGameTrader.com. BoardGameTrader is pleased to announce its new brick-and-mortar store, Boardlandia. You'll enjoy the same low prices, huge selection, and free shipping options customers know and love. Visit in store or online at BoardLandia.com to learn more. Episode 5 of the Two Board Guys Podcast. Did you ever think we'd make it this far? Of course. From day one. Of course, after all the recording issues we already apologized about, I was not entirely convinced that things would go as well as they did. Well, we've been sitting here for almost an hour and a half. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that part. I'm trying as hard as I can to forget it as I'm living in the moment. It's all right. You know what will happen one day? Um, it'll take us 10 minutes to fix the issues instead of 90? Yes. Ah, I'm on to something. Yes. Or we get a real job and we pay somebody else to do this for us. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Well, we both have real jobs, but we get a real job that pays well. That's definitely never going to happen. Your optimism is frightening. Well, I don't know. I like to call it... More like the idiot savant perk you get in Fallout 4. <laughs> and that's pretty accurate, I guess. Did I tell you about that perk? Yes, we've discussed this before. Okay, I still want to tell listeners. So for those of you who don't play Fallout 4, um, you basically build a character by putting like points into seven different categories, which is like strength, perception, endurance. Intelligence is one of them. My character has very low intelligence, but he has like very, very high, what's the one? Luck? He has very high luck, yes. Charisma? And Yeah, that's the other one. He has very high charisma and very high luck. So he's like the village idiot that everybody loves that's super lucky and just falls into luck for everything. But hmm. one of his perks that I got leveling up is the lower my intelligence, the I get like a chance to get like five times the XP on any random event. So hmm. there'll be days where I'm playing, and like for an hour straight, there's the best part is when the perk happens. This little guy pops up on the bottom and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just like rack in a bunch of XP. The best part is when you're doing a mission that's worth like 300 XP, and then all of a sudden you get five times that. Hmm. So I have like half the gameplay my wife has in, and I'm like three levels below her. <laughs> wow. Just because of the idiot Samat perk. And on top of that, I made my companion fall in love with me. So whenever I go to bed, the game like goes black and then comes back, and she's laying in the bed and wakes up and says something dirty, ish. You know, that's something that interesting. Something that's you know derogatory. Something that makes you assume that they did something besides sleep. Okay. And then you get a perk called like lovers' arms or something like that. I don't remember, but it gives me plus. Like 17% to everything for a while. Wow. Plus 17%. That's pretty crazy. XP. So my character levels up pretty easily. Needless to say. Well, I'm glad we got our video game section done with already. Yay. Actually, we found a video game I am extremely excited for. What is it? Dirt. 
A, oh, new, a yeah. new version of Dirt is coming out. It's already out on PC. You played the first two, right? Yes. Those I are the ATV of... ones, right? No. Though they're all car-based. Oh. Um, you're probably thinking of Off-Road Fury. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I remember right. you owning those, too. So, I, yeah, I've already I beat the first two Dirts, and I never actually played the third one. Um, but a new version is coming out uh, on next-gen consoles, I believe, in April. So PlayStation 5? No. Although Nintendo is developing a new console already. I just got a Wii U. Yeah, they said that they are going to keep support for the Wii U, but they're going to continue to develop what I've heard be codenamed Project NX. Not sure what that means, but that's what it's called. Hmm. You know, I'm very, very, very happy with my Wii U. Yeah, I, I really want one. I just never have actually gone out and gotten one. My favorite part is when I'm laying on the couch and it's like, it's at like 8.15, 8.30-ish time. And I'm an, I'm not an early riser, but I'm forced to be an early riser with my job. Mm-hmm. So my alarm goes off at about 5.15. I get out of bed at about 5.30. So I'm going to bed at like 9.30. So I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go to bed at like 9 to yeah. my shower Wind down that. time. So like between like 8.15 and 9, if my wife is playing Fallout or doing something that I like with a TV or I'm watching Monday Night Football or whatever the case is, and I'm just watching Antonio Brown score touchdown after touchdown after yeah. touchdown against you. Oh man! Can we just can we just touch the fact that I'm up by 40 points the first week of the playoffs? I told you that's what was going to happen. <laughs> I told you that midway through the morning games I'm on so Sunday, excited I was going to, to lose. Put that championship belt up in my cubicle. Well, you were the only like really strong team going into the playoffs. The other ones were just Jeff's got a good team. Yeah, but his team has fallen on his on its face a number of times, and I think has the has more of a potential to do that than Amon's team does. Since I that's bet you, be I bet you I play Jeff. I'm sure you will. Anyways, he's so, up by ten already. Yeah, well, I mean, but it's only ten. But he's got better matchups than Amon. Oh and yeah, my matchups going in this week were beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I was playing like, oh, they let a, let this twenty second uh, most points to all, you know. Yeah. On, on like every category. Yeah, Anyways, mine was a disaster. Uh, the the moral of the story is I'm the fantasy football champion of the world. We don't know that yet. I have been multiple times before. I've almost been champion more times than Greg has played. <laughs> I care about more who isn't champion than who is. So. I've been champion more. So your wife's in our league, and I've been champion more times than she's actually, more seasons than she's been in the league. Okay. Sure. Anyways. So I don't keep a record of this crap because I just don't care. I feel like we need a library now. Like a whole library where we just keep records and pictures of everything oh that happens for fantasy football. Ugh. We just wasted like seven minutes of everyone's life. Oh, good thing there's post. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got a lot of stuff lined up. Uh, it took us a little bit to think of some things. Uh, we're probably going to end up skipping the what did I buy this week. Because, no, we aren't. Well, what we bought was recording equipment. So no, we bought something else, and then we played it with my wife. Okay, I wasn't thinking about that one. Yes, we. I bought, I bought that last well, week. I, Legitimately, right. well, I, I bought this last week. Well, there you go. But, yeah. I I have actually played this game, so I'll have something to say, and it won't just be Travis talking for, like, 35 minutes solid, which is good. Plus, I got my butt kicked in it the next day. <laughs> Did you guys play again? Oh, I got whooped bad. <laughs> There's a broken card. Which one? 
we'll talk about when we get to it. All right. So we were we, talking about something else before I was talking about kicking your butt so bad at fantasy football all the time. Uh, I have no idea. Oh, probably about Wii U. Yes. Okay. So like I have that 30 to 45 minutes of like downtime where either the TV is being occupied by football or my wife and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, dishes are done. I just want to relax for a little bit. Yeah. I can grab that Wii U tab thing and like the play controller. Super Smash or yep. I can play, you know, one of the older games that I downloaded yeah, on that, it while I'm just sitting on the couch. That's probably one of its best features is that it really took advantage of second screen. It's my favorite and feature. Xbox One and PS4 definitely did not even think about the whole second screen thing when they made their consoles, but Nintendo did. And I think they did a really good job with it. And especially because even if you're not using it, like to just play on the screen, it's a pretty comfortable control to have in your hands, surprisingly for how large it is. It's super light for how large it is. Yeah, also is that. It's very light. Um, but like, so when we're playing like Mario Party, it there's very little use for it. So it usually right. just sits next to us. But the thing is, A, it's rechargeable and it comes rechargeable. You don't have to buy a pack or anything like yep. you used to with like Xbox 360 controllers and things like or that. Or with the regular remotes. Um, yeah. But the other thing is, I... I get to play like in another room. Even it doesn't reach like upstairs into my bedroom. Yeah, but it, you can go. I think it's over Bluetooth. Away. Yeah, and when I first saw the Wii U and I saw the second screen, I thought to myself like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Why would I? Why would you ever want that?" Right. And now I I'm thought like, the same thing right up until I found out that you can use it as the primary screen and use it as a handheld device as long as you're within range of your Wii U. Then it became really cool. Yeah, it's like having a Sega Game Gear. Exactly. Or, you know, except that, or, or having a Vita. Except it actually works with your PlayStation instead of it just kind of sometimes used to one time worked. I never messed with Vita. I had I had a PSP. I didn't have a Vita. I had a PSP a long time ago when it was like maybe two thousand seven. Maybe yeah, something I, like I that. had one and it was it was a lot of fun. I really liked having it. It was like my first like smart device, oh, I portable didn't, device. I didn't like it at all. I think I traded it away to somebody for the a only new thing cell I phone or something. Didn't like was, I was in the, the army then. Super proprietary discs that you had to get for it. That's the part I hated. With the plastic around them? Yes, the UHDs or whatever they were. If they had just used mini DVD like GameCube did, it'd be fine. But the fact that they didn't, I think, is one of the things that definitely killed it. Hmm. That's interesting. Anyway, so the other big topic we have to talk about today is uh, holidays, again, because, you know, big old holiday thing. So what would be good for families to buy around this holiday season? And we're going to go with our top fives. I actually have two different lists. For that, so I think that's going to be really like interesting. You're, you're the family you wish you had, and the family you have. No, no. <laughs> Your mom um, doesn't listen to this, does she? Because I might get in trouble for that. Kind I of have no idea. <laughs> um, but no, I have a list of only games that I've actually played before, and then a list that includes games I have not played and would like to play and think would be good. That makes sense for you. I like right. that. That's a because good idea. I don't have a lot that I have played, so my list is kind of iffy. Um, so I included some stuff I haven't played, and it actually includes a game that we've talked about on here before. And it also, both lists Ooh. actually include the game that we just played. Ooh. So lots of interesting content. Yeah, my list includes this game, too. It's hard not to. Well, we're it's giving really, it away now. It's not entirely, but it's really difficult to not include this game because it's so unbearably easy. It is so simple. Like I really think, like, me, you, and your wife sat down. It took us maybe 10 minutes to get the mechanics down. Not even. And I'd already played it a couple times before, and then we just blew through a game really quick. Yeah. And it was really obvious everyone actually knew what they were doing during the entire game. Yeah. So, and then I whooped your butt. 
It happens every time to me in that game. Without fail. Oh, I got destroyed. I, I went into it thinking I was a hot shot at the game, too, because of how badly I beat you and cursed it. And then just, and you then, just got obliterated. Oh, it was so bad. I took last place. <laughs> so The person in second place doubled my score. Ouch. The person in first place tripled, almost quadrupled it. Ouch. You got beat up. Okay. Well, enough talking around it. What game did you buy last week? Well, um, I saw a little Reddit post, and it said, hey, check this out. It's only 20 bucks on Amazon. And I sent it to a friend of mine at work. Well, a friend slash supervisor of mine at work. Yeah. And uh, we both actually ended up buying it. It was Dominion. And it was 1993 or something Which, random like that. For reference, is an amazing deal for that game. New on Amazon right now, I think it's up to like twenty eight forty nine, which is even low. It's, it's, it's usually like thirty five to forty. Yeah. So, um, and I was it's in my to buy list. Um, I had never played it. I know that sounds weird. Out of all the games that I have played, Dominion's one that I never got a chance to. And I've actually played that before you bought it, with like outside our. Um, the two of us with the other person that we know that plays a lot of games. I, I played with them a number of times because it's like, this game is so easy. You can't screw it up. Well, I always had like this negative connotation against deck builders. Yeah. And I don't know why. Um, I guess I thought a lot of it was like luck based and I'm realizing, I mean, it was, it was a unintelligent, prediction of mine but i didn't know and then i played like the marvel deck building game and yeah. i won and i'm like wow you know these are pretty good and then i've wanted to play dominion and try dominion and then i'm like well it's only 20 bucks yeah it, uh, 20 dollars is almost impossible to pass up so i and i didn't pass it up so and i'm glad i didn't the geek rating on it is 7.675 and the average rating is 7.76 which, which is, is the crazy highest we've high. ever had yeah that's very very high because even for them um, well, let's check Acquire real quick. And laser it, sounds all in looking. In the, in the meantime, uh, so the, the other really nice thing about Dominion, it's a very easy game to learn. Uh, you can pick, like I said, you can pick this game up in 10 minutes or less. But what's really nice is that the game is different every time, even with just the base game. There's a ton of expansions for this game, a ton of expansions with a whole bunch of different cards, all kinds of different decks, slightly different rules, all this stuff. But even in just the base box, there are almost an infinite number of games you can end up playing. Right. And this is the highest one by like 0.4 because Acquire was the second highest one that we rated. And I played that again this weekend too. I won again. Um, pretty dominant, but I really, really enjoy that game. Um, anyways, back to Dominion. So like I had mentioned before, it's a card drafting game and you build your deck up and pretty much manage your hand. Now I was playing the base game and Ed mentioned before, there are a ton of expansions. And when I say a ton, I mean, let's see, five, 10, I know there's 15, at least seven, 20, so. 25 ish expansions. Yeah. So there's a ridiculous amount of content for this game. Yeah, you know Rio Grande is making bank on that. Oh, absolutely they are. <laughs> um, but it, it was published by other people as well, you know, in other countries. Um, but Rio Grande is the one in America that published it. it says about 30 minutes, and, and that's pretty close to accurate. I see the game's going more like 45 minutes. It depends on how much teaching you need to do and how quickly everyone plays. Well, I jumped in and I played a game with two other people that had played before. I knew the rules. Nobody had to explain anything. We sat down, we played, and it took about 45 minutes. 
Yeah, that's possible. It so. also depends a lot on how much you like explain your moves as you're doing them because it's it's really easy for this team because things can happen very, very quickly and you can plan your moves out while other people are doing their turns because you almost don't need to pay attention to what other people are doing in this game. But you almost don't. Just you do sure. a little bit, but not a lot. So you can plan out your move to the point where you have all your cards in a line, you lay them all down in order, and you just go to town on it and it's you know it's it can go pretty quickly. But if you tell everyone what you're doing as you're doing it, it's a little bit different. Right. So um, for those of you who have never played Dominion, uh, basically you're a monarch and you have, you're simulating building your tiny little village into a Dominion. Yep. You do this by buying several cards. Each card costs a certain amount of gold or money and each card does a different thing. So some cards allow you to draw an extra card. Some cards allow you to buy an extra card. Some cards give you extra money towards buying cards. Some cards allow you to trash one card to pick up another card that's worth more. Right. There's, there's lots of different cards. And the basic mechanic is that you get five cards at a time all the time. So you, you only get to use those five cards in your particular turn unless a card allows you to do more things. And then there's three different phases that happen every time that it is your turn. So you get to buy something, you get to do an action, and you get to... Um, I'm missing the third one. Well, first you do your action. Yeah, you have an action. You, and then you purchase. Yeah, and then you buy. And then you refresh your cards. Oh, yeah, and then you have to discard. That's So what, what you have is you're, you're building your own deck. You're not sharing these cards with anyone else. You draw five cards off the top of your deck, and you play your action or actions in any order. And then you buy or purchase, you have multiple buys sometimes based off other cards in, in an order. And then no matter what cards are left in your hand, you put them into your discard pile and then you draw from your refresh pile again. Once that deck that you have started building is completely out, you shuffle all the cards from your discard and start all over again with a new card pile. Yep. Yep. So it, it kind of works with that. Like I said, that's how it kind of goes really quickly. And you think, well, I can just, you know, amass a whole bunch of all of the cards and now all of a sudden I'll be great at this. Well, there's a little bit of strategy involved there because there's different types of money that you can have. And since you know that you can only have five cards in your hand at once, having the three money card is going to be really good to have in your hand. And you kind of want to be able to shape your decks. So you can kind of know what's coming because otherwise you're going to get beat up pretty bad. Right. So, um, you know, I just Googled broken card in Dominion, and it came up with what I did not think was a broken card, which is the rebuild card. Plus one action. Name a card, reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal a victory card that is not named the card. Discard hmm. the other cards. Oh, this, yeah. Trash the victory card and gain a victory card, costing up to three more than it. Wow, that's big. That is a big card. So, the reason, yeah, this is this is very broken. Um, I don't remember the other one. It was like the seller or something. There's another card that literally you play that action, you can discard as many cards from your hand. Seller. As you, seller as is the, the one seller. you can do that. You can discard as many cards as you want and then pick up. More cards. So that's that was the broken one we played with because it allowed the other person, the person who won, to have like fifteen cards in their hand and still score forty-two points or something like that. He just kept discarding his one golds. Well, basically, so you get your one gold, your two golds, and your three gold cards. Right. So obviously, the two golds cost a little more, and the three golds cost the most. You can trade in 
you, there's that one card. I don't remember what it is. That oh, you trade the mine. In the treasure. Yeah. yeah, the mine. You trade so, in one of the treasure cards for the one that costs more than it does. Correct. So if you buy a bunch of mines and then like two or three sellers, you then buy those mines, upgrade all of your money up to golds, and then discard all of your mines. Wow. That's a really clever strategy. And then discard all your sellers and then only buy the things that matter because you have like seven golds in your hand while everybody's still working on three silvers and two copper cards. That is a that is a very clever strategy. The strategy I tried to take was I took the witch all or I took the the thief all the time and I wanted everybody to be giving me their money and it didn't end up paying off until like way too late in the game. Yeah. And that's the thing about strategies in that game is you can have a good one going into it, but until other players start picking things up, it it doesn't really matter. So in the game that in the game that we played, there's a card where so like I said, you get to use five cards, but there's a card that makes everyone discard two unless they have a specific different card. So the other two players in the game, we needed to keep picking up the defense card. Whether or not we wanted to, we didn't really have a choice because otherwise we're going to just get beat by Miles. Okay, and the favorite, my favorite thing about that is it really, really does simulate me building an army and you building a moat and defenses to keep it out. Like it yeah. was a real dominion that we're building. Yeah, that, that did happen because the, yeah, the attack card is called Militia and the defense card is called Moat because so, you can't just magically will yourself across a moat. You yeah. ever played uh, Oregon Trail? You know, when you tried to ford the river, your ox are going to be dead. <laughs> I have a funny joke about that after the pot. Well, I'll tell it on the podcast. Um, my wife has a coworker whose son joined the Marines. Okay. Poor guy. And uh, <laughs> he called home and apparently has dysentery. Oh, no. So Kirsten sent her a link of a shirt that said... Blah, 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 died of dysentery and has a little Oregon Trail logo <laughs> and all that. <laughs> that is amazing. Anyways, so as I was saying, it, it does a great job of actually simulating, you know, the thief was stealing money from people. And the witch gives you a curse card, which is negative one victory point. Yeah. Um, it does something else. I don't recall what it was, but and it's, I think it allows you to t- draw two cards also, but... Either way, I mean, it does a really great job of simulating. Um, That day that I played, well, the day I lost really badly with that broken card, the score was 55 was the winner, 28 was second place, and I scored 12. Wow. Yeah, that's a very significant gap. I played it the day before. Without the broken card, we just used, like, the game's recommendation for starters. Well, mine and seller are both in the like starter pack or whatever because they do have dominion does have recommendations on what cards to use especially if you're just starting out and the just starting out one does include a mine and it does include the seller i don't remember seeing the seller you used it i remember you doing it Hmm. because i'm like oh that was a really good idea i don't know why i haven't been doing that the entire game yeah the first game is seller market militia mine moat remodel which is no rebuild was it I think it was rebuilt. Um, Smithy, the village woodcutter and workshop. Yeah. So every so every one is every single one of these cards has its own special unique abilities. Yeah. Right. Um, the throne room was really cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you get to use any card that you put down on top of it two times. So if you use the throne room and then you use like Belisha, you're attacking everyone twice and drawing twice as many cards and all that stuff. So yeah. There, there's lots of good cards you can compound on each other to all of a sudden just start running away with the game. Right. 
um, on the, the the Saturday where we played, where we first opened it and all that, the first game out, the score was I scored 46, you got 28, and my wife got 23. So it was a lot yep. closer. Um, that was the one where I built up my militia, and then I built yep. up a market. So I had so I built up an army, and then I built up an economy. And that was, that was like my literal thought process in the game was build this up, then build this up. Yeah, and for for reference, what happens when you start the game, you do get 10 cards, and five of them are victory points, and five of them are money. And um, you shuffle them up and whatever, and then you just kind of start playing the game from there. And there are different numbers of victory point cards, just like there's different numbers of money cards. There is the lowest one, which is called an estate, worth one. There is the duchy, which is worth three. And then there's a province, which is worth six. And, or sorry, no, the duchy's worth five, and the province is worth eight, I think. No, I think you said it right the first time. I think now you're getting into the cost of each one. That could be it. Yeah, the cost is eight. That's right. The yeah, cost the cost is, is eight for a province. And the game ends when either three of the uh, action cards are all gone or when the province all runs out. So you can kind of manage game time based on what you're actually picking up if you're buying anything, because you don't necessarily have to buy either. It's not three action cards, it's three supply Supply cards. Yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a really good game. Did you write this? I I mean, I haven't said anything about it, but I mean, it's really easy for me to pick up a... Uh, a recommend or a, a rating on this game, I should say. Go for it. Uh, I I would definitely go with at least a seven point seven five on this. Very close to eight. It's a, it's a really really great game. The only thing that really sucks and really bums me out is that I'm super not good at it or just not lucky enough every once in a while. And so the obviously the easiest way to win this game is to just buy all the province cards because then you will have significantly more victory points than everyone else. And at the time where I'm like, okay, I've got a lot of money stashed up. I have the really good action cards and everything. Let's start buying provinces. I can never get more than seven gold in my hand, and you need eight money. Or sorry, can never get more than seven treasure cards or seven money, whatever you want to call it. And you need eight to buy them. And I keep just losing out on it. And it always sucks. Yeah, that was my issue the last one because I, I my strategy was I'm going to build a... I wasn't building an army anymore. Well, I'm kind of, but I was building. I was getting a bunch of thieves, and I was trying to run my. I was trying to earn an economy based off just having a bunch of thieves. Yeah, and it really didn't work. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So, so mine was a. I would say seven point seven five, which I think is what I gave a choir. I don't remember. Um, and if that's the case, I I don't have time to look back on my notes. Well, let's do a 7.7. I like Acquire just a little bit more. Um, I played Acquire a little bit more than this, though, too, so that might be another reason why, but I really, I truly enjoyed this game. Yeah. And the value that I got on it with the sale that I had, I'm knocking that up to a 8 with the well, my see, overall for, for value. That, for that value, maybe. I'd probably hit a 9 on that one. It's just worth so much more than $20. My issue is that I have to spend so much more money on all the expansions now. But you don't necessarily have to, because like I said, there are a very large number of potential game types with just the base box. If you are the gamer like I am the gamer, you have to. All right. You understand what I'm saying. Not really, but okay. I, I, need, I need it. <laughs> so I'm going to go out and buy it eventually. All right. I don't know. That that's my thing. So um yeah. 7.7 7 and then an 8 for overall value just because the cost of the expansions is pretty bad too. 
Yeah, yeah, they it's can like get pricey. buying the base game. Yep. But then again, every single one you can play by itself. You, um, yeah, and you can combine the games if you want and just really go crazy. A little on it. added note: since we were talking about cool apps for your phone, um, I found a Dominion Kingdom deck builder, and instead of the game gives you all the cards um, in like a random deck, so you can just randomly draw 10 supply cards, and those are the cards you're using for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets kind of annoying. Let's say I had seven or eight of the expansions. I don't want to shuffle all of those together and, and then draft seven. Them. Yeah. So this, um, this app, it's just called Dominion. Um, it allows me to just randomly choose 10 cards, and it does that based off what um, box you have. Correct. I can go into view card sets. And I can add the promo or the intrigue or the seaside alchemy prosperity. It doesn't have them all, but it has a lot of them. So I could say, okay, I want only the base, or I want the base and um, intrigue, which is what we happen to have with us, because um, our buddy's got intrigue as well. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, I can click those two, and then I can just randomly create a list on my phone rather than having to pull out cards, shuffle them all, put them on the table, then that's flip neat. them over, then put stacks on top, all that. That's that's pretty neat. I like yeah. that. I mean, it's free. Yeah. So um, and, it, and it just takes you. Know, it just makes the game, you know, a little bit easier to get started on. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Dominion KD, and it's like I said, I use Apple products, so it's in the iTunes App Store. That's all I know. Or the App Store, not iTunes App Store, but App Store. So I don't know if it's on Google Play. Worth checking out. I mean, even if it's not, you wasted, what, 30 seconds? Trying to find it, yeah. Depending on your wireless carrier and the <laughs> signal you have. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> so, um, should we get to our top five lists? Yeah, definitely. That, that's a good uh, good thing to go into now. I like it. So, our top five list is actually going to be, let's, I'm sorry, back it up. Um, let's do our Reddit post first because I built our Reddit post based... I mean, I, I got our top five topic based off the Reddit post. Okay. So um, this post was just somebody said, hey, look what I found. Look at the article I found. It's the 2015 Good Gift Games. So it's basically a guide. It's the morningnews.org. And um, the Good Gift Games is the article by Matthew Baldwin. And they list a bunch of really great games in here to give you know, your family members and stuff for, yeah, there's, for Christmas. There's a number in this list that I have heard of. There's a number in this list that I have played. Um, I think it's a pretty good list. Um, there's, let's see, one for sure I have absolutely not heard of. Two, three, four. Well, I mean, let's let's go. To, I mean, it's not going to hurt to go down the list. No, um, not at all. So the first thing that they have listed, at least on the website, I don't know if they're in a particular order or not, just what they have. The first one is Patchwork. Um, I took the first picture as the first gift. Yeah, that's patchwork, isn't it? Nope. Scroll up a little more. The first picture is a is just a picture of a bunch of dice all thrown together. Sure. And I know that sounds silly, but dice aren't necessarily cheap, and they do make really great gifts. So for those of you people out there that are starting to get into gaming... Maybe you got a friend that you're starting a game with who plays D&D and is trying to get you to play D&D. If you go out and buy a set of like really nice metal dice for them, it's going to run you on like the best of the best sale, 30 bucks. 
Yeah, they can you they know. can get pretty pricey, especially if you have to if you need to get more than just the D sixes. If you need to get those D tens and D twenties, well, that's the pack I'm they, talking. They kind of they go up pretty quick. You know, and in in local stores, I know if I if I called Tim up over at Boardlandia, I mean he could get me a dice set for under ten bucks. That's your one D twenty down to your, um, You're right? Yeah. So, um, but that's a great gift. Something definitely to look at. I don't want that to get passed up because it, it does tie into what we do and a lot of people use a lot of dice. So, but yeah, I'm sorry. Patchwork. Go yeah, on. so according to the... Now, again, I have not heard of this game whatsoever. I don't know anything about it except what this person said. It just came out. Okay, that's probably a why. Um, it's by Yui Rosenberg, known for big, sprawling, award-winning strategy games. Um, and it's kind of surprising, they say, for him because this is a very light and, according to them, very addictive two-player game, kind of like a non-digital version of Tetris. And the picture, it literally looks like pieces of cardboard with upholstery on them that are kind of mapped together in whatever way they just so happen to fit. It looks pretty neat, actually. And yeah. it's two-player. I um, I never got a chance to play this, but they had this at Game of Palooza in Oshkosh a few months ago. And there were a bunch of people really excited about it, and I didn't know what it was yet. So I'm like, Apsh, whatever. Sounds dumb. Um, I think it came out in 2014. So, I mean, it's been out for like a year. But Rosenberg has created some pretty good games. He did uh, Agricola. Yep, I've played that. And you've played that, yeah. Um, and that's a pretty good one. That's, like, I guess the most known one. Um it's also published by Mayfair Games, which have made a lot of the big, sprawly, strategy-type games as well. Well, they make the 1800 series, which our our friends, our group has a right. soft spot Right, it has for. that. So, yeah, I mean, it's from what I've heard, it's a great game. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty quick game, but very, very strategic. It, it looks interesting, that's for sure. Um, so the next one that they have is a game I have heard a lot about and I definitely want to play at some point in time and still have not is Codenames. I know that you have this. I'm pretty sure you've played it. Nope. It's it's the one that I just bought for next week. Next so, week. So yeah, I'll just go it. ahead and give that one away. <laughs> um, what I bought this week, next week. Yeah. Uh, so it's a similar to taboo in that you need to like figure out words and stuff but you play in teams you can have up to four of these teams it's a very very short game yeah so i'll explain it real quick um basically you have a red team and a blue team and everyone's a spy and everybody but one person sits on the opposite side of the table and you get five it's five by five tiles laid all the way across of different words so you can have string time life ice cream model knife cross all these things um so, let's say duck and sun are also in this list of words. And I'm on the red team and Ed is on the blue team. Now, what I'm going to do is we pull up a card that is a 5 five by 5 graph, and it has blue and red squares on it, as mm-hmm. well as one black square, and then a bunch of just beige ones, which means those don't matter. My goal is to say one word to get my team to pick the correct words that I'm trying to get them to pick. To okay. find our agents in the field by their code names. The okay. black one is a double agent and you die and you lose immediately. <laughs> you can pick every other people's. So if I say like a random word and I say three, that means that word coincides with three of the other words on the board. You're, 
as the the teammates, you just put your finger on which ones you're guessing. Once you guess wrong, or you guess basically once you guess wrong, your turn's over. So I could have said yellow two. You pick sun, and then you pick like ice cream for some weird reason. Well, okay, that wouldn't have been it. So it's the next team's turn. They, and then all of a sudden you see sun or duck. Rubber duck was the other one that I think I said. Mm-hmm. You see that one later, and you, it clicks. Oh. You can pick pick that one right away on the next turn and then keep going. Interesting. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that you say one like if I were to say bird. Um, let's say I say Thanksgiving, and like turkeys on there. Yeah. And football's on there, but I wasn't thinking football. I was just thinking turkey. Yeah. But you being a sports person goes well. Football's there too, and I said turkey too. And the other one happened to be like pie or something like that. You would yeah. you wouldn't know which one of the three to choose. So that's what gets the game going fun. You can't give it away. You literally cannot say more than one word. Hmm. And there's a bunch of little rules like you can't you can't use the word that the number that you're giving them to guess. So you can't say like insect eight and then they pick spider. Ah, yeah, you know. Gotcha. Okay, so you can't use. It's literally just the first word to guess all the words that you're telling them to guess. Interesting. So, it, it, sounds, it sounds good. I'm I, very excited to play it. I'm going to try to play it tonight, actually. Gotcha. So, ah, that'll be cool. Uh, the next one on their list is another one which I have wanted to play and have not, is Pandemic Legacy. You, just go buy it and we'll play it. So that's that's another big one. I've heard lots of great things about this one. It's a, it's a two for four, good for two people, takes about an hour, strategy-based, um, there, there's a lot of good things I've heard about this game. It's one of the top games on Board Game Geek, at least it has been for the past couple months. And there's just all kinds of communities talking about how amazing uh, this game is. So it's something that I'll probably end up picking up in the future, just not at the moment, but we'll get there. Um, so the next one they have on their list is Lanterns the Harvest Festival, another game I have not heard of. Um, made by Christopher Chung, published by Foxtrot Games. Good for two for four, 30 minutes. It's a tile-laying type game. Um, so there's, you know, there's some, some stuff that's good about that if you learn, like, dominoes or something, you know? Yeah, I know nothing of this game. This is yeah. the one game on the list that I know zero things about. Yeah, so um, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds like it'd be cool. I mean, if it's for families and for holiday gifts, rather, it's probably right up my alley because I like... Easy games that are really fun. Um, the next one, I don't know anything about it, but just looking at the picture, it looks like a lot of fun. I, do. I already want to play it. It's called Colt Express. I got to play it. <laughs> so let's hear about it. Okay. It's a it's a blast. Um, it is a card game. It's like a card management game. Um, I'm going to sum it up really quickly since we're not doing a review on it because I am going to go buy it and I am going to review it at a later time. But basically, you're playing cards and those cards say things like rob or punch or shoot. And you're basically trying to move around this train or this cult and steal everyone's money and survive. And I mean, really, it's just it's really unpredictable because you can have like move, move. You go first and you moved out of my punch. So now I'm just punching the air twice and then moving and my turn is completely wasted. Hmm. So you really got to predict what the next person's going to do when you're going all over this train. And there's like little money bags and things in different carts that you're trying to get to. And yeah, that just the game pieces look really cool. And that was enough for me to be like, yep, I want to play this. this oh, it's a really super fun. fun game. Super fun game. Yeah. And it, it's pretty quick too. the, the what this website has about 30 minutes to play two to six players. So we're good there. Uh, next one. I haven't heard of it, but I've seen it in more than one place through browsing through Reddit. 
Uh, it's called Cash and Guns. This one's a lot of fun, too, and I haven't purchased it, and I'm not going to do the review here also, but it's one that I'm going to purchase and I'm going to review. Um, these are a lot of really good, cheap games. Um, none of them are on my list only because I knew we would talk about them beforehand, so I didn't put them on my list for that purpose. Otherwise, sure. Cash and Guns is one that I would put on the list because... Um, to sum it up, you're basically pointing your gun, you're pointing guns at family members and stealing money from them. And, <laughs> and you have to, it's a bluffing game. You can bluff whether or not you're actually going to shoot the person and they can choose whether to, you know, give them, give their money up and all that. So yeah, it, the, one of the quotes from the, this website says that, uh, the foam guns can basically result in an eight way Mexican standoff as you'd see in like a movie or something. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. It says four to eight players, 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. Like you said, bluffing game. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, this one I've heard a million things about and I've never played Uh sheriff of Nottingham. Also a really great game. Um, don't let our buddy tell you otherwise. Yep. He hates it. I yep. don't know why I'm, I'm aware. I really enjoy it. Um, sheriff of Nottingham. If you watched the tabletop of it, it's very humorous. Um, if you play it with your friends, it's a lot of fun and it's good for a couple playthroughs, which I'm usually not that person that wants to play a game more than one or two times in a night. This one I would. Sure. So the the genre for this one I find interesting. On this website, they just say the genre is lying. It's bluffing. That's literally what it is. It's, it's a bluffing lying. game. <laughs> That's what lying is. It's bluffing. It's a lot like um, cashing guns. You're bluffing. So basically, one person, everybody takes turns being the sheriff twice. That's the full game. So it doesn't take very long. 60 minutes is unrealistic. This game takes like 25, 30 minutes. Sure. So... And it's for, so three to five players on this one. Again, another very yep. quick game. Uh, I I heard interesting things about it, but it's not really my style. But I'd probably give it a shot to say it later. I think you would enjoy it. Basically, you're you're a merchant trying to bring goods into a city, and the sheriff is there, and he decides whose bag of goods he's going to open and whose bag of goods he's not. You're allowed to bribe. You're allowed to do whatever you want. The sheriff can't take your bribe and then open your bag. Yeah. He has to give your bribe back. Basically, you could say, oh, I got two chickens in this bag. Oh, I got two apples in this bag. There are car- contraband cards that are worth way more than the goods, though. Yeah. So if you get a bunch of contraband in, you make a lot of money based off that. But then again, if if the sheriff opens up the bag and finds contraband, you owe him money. So you can lose a lot of money trying to sneak contraband in. It's a lot of fun, though. And, and you're always trying to convince him to open up other people's or her to open up other people's bags. And you're always swearing up and down that you don't have anything in your bag. Um, hmm. I won this game once, not lying about anything. <laughs> and then I tried playing it two more times lying and I lost horribly. <laughs> so I think this game is out there to teach kids not to lie. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, the next two, I have not heard anything about. Um, one is Mysterium, which apparently is very similar to code names about a give clues to indicate a specific card style of game. Uh, two to seven players, 45 minutes. Kind of like a logical reasoning game is what they're getting off it's, on. Is it's that. much tougher than Code Names and takes a lot longer. It's a it's like a serious version of Code Names, basically. Hmm. Interesting there. And then the last one, again, haven't heard of it, is Looney Quest. Second to last one. Second. To, oh, that's right. Second to last one. Sorry, uh, Looney Quest. So that's another two to five player game. Thirty minutes. Looks pretty simple. The artwork. Artwork looks hilarious and adequate for children. So I'm sure that that is a blast, but that's yeah, all I, I actually, know. I don't know. I forgot this was on the list. I've never played this. I've never heard anything about it too. So, well, there you go. The last one Sorry. that they have on their list is Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition starter set. I'm not entirely sure why it's on the list based on what I've known about it, 
but I could be sorely mistaken. Why would you not have it on the list? I don't feel like this could be very good for families unless like the entire family is super into it. You know, if you've got like a diverse family, so like mine, for example, which isn't like really into games, but would play some games, I feel like this would be just awful. Okay. So I, eh, I don't know. I feel like that's with every game. My Monopoly would be a terrible choice to pick for my family. That doesn't mean it deserves not to be on a list. I mean, besides the fact that it's Monopoly. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily I think it's, think a, it's good, a it's a great pick. But if you're, I guess if you're really into games or you know a family that's super into games, this might be a good choice. I think it's a good choice because I think it's out there. One day, if I have kids, or even one kid, it's probably something I'm gonna do with that kid once they get old enough. I know people at work that do this with their kids. Sure. It really develops imagination. It develops critical thinking skills. You know, you develop a lot of skills. You have to use your imagination to play it. You're not playing a video game or sitting in front of a computer. That's the beauty of it. The other thing is, there could be some pretty dark worlds, but when you're the dungeon master, you don't have to create those. You can create whatever world you want. Sure. The replayability is infinite. Literally more infinite than the replayability of any other game out there. Yep. <laughs> um. I think it's good on I think it's good to be on the list. Fifth edition is better than fourth edition. You know, which is nice. I think I know a lot of people that don't like fourth edition and really love how fifth edition went back to being closer to third in a lot of ways. Um I mean it's a really good price for what it includes too. So I think it's a good game and I think it's good to be on the list. I think it's going to be less popular than the others, but I yeah, do know there's families that. out there that will get together and enjoy playing that. And especially for people with children in like older elementary school, middle schoolish, like I think that's a really good time to start developing. Well, not developing, but keeping their imagination. Well, there you go. Luckily you get to form your own opinions about things. So if you think that, <laughs> Do you think D&D 5th Edition is going to be good for your family? Rock it, man. It's on the list, so go for it. All right, so we have our lists. Yes, yes, we do. Um, the nice thing about this list is we approached it two different ways. My my family enjoys games. Like, my dad will sit down and play literally anything with me anytime. I'll just be like, hey, I got this game. You want to play it? Yeah. What's it about? <laughs> um. I think you're more your family's more conservative. Well, my I know my stepdad and my mom, they they both have a lot of uh, competitive spirit in them, but it's kind of like an intellectual competitive spirit in both of them. So they play a lot of trivial pursuit and a lot of scrabble in that household. Yep. Like a, a lot. And they get very competitive and very heated arguments over that game. It's actually hilarious just to watch. Um but yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that they're into. Okay. Um, did you order yours in any specific way? Yes, okay. I did. Well, I guess is it least to favorite or? Yes. All right. So you have your list that you played and your list that you haven't played. Right. Okay. Well, so it's not all I haven't played. It just includes games I haven't played. Okay. Let's do the list of the games included that you haven't played. Okay. Of yours. Mm-hmm. And then what you have played and then what I've played and we'll just do one by one. All right. So your number five for 
list that includes games you haven't played. All right, got it. So this is not necessarily for my family specifically, but it's for if I were to be giving this gift to a family or I thought that I might be able to play this with a group of people, the number five that I have, including games I have not played, is Sushi Go. Okay. I was going to ask you if you wanted to buy that, too. That's like <laughs> 10 bucks. Yeah, I know. It's very cheap. Um, I've never played it, but I heard a lot of really cool things it's about it. It's a super fast-paced card game. Yep. That's that's as much as I know about it. I think I really think my sister would love this game because she played all of those like weird mobile take these orders and build these burgers or cakes or whatever type things. So I think that would be really fun. And I think I would enjoy it because it just seems like a good way to pass some time. Um I think I would enjoy that game too. I almost got it when I got Avalon. Yeah. I got Avalon instead of that one. Um but the Dice Tower did a nice review of that. If you want to go listen to that, it's well, there you probably go. I don't know. A month ago, they reviewed that game. So, but yeah, I think that I think that'd be a great one for pretty much anybody. Okay, all right, and games that you have played list. Sure. So I have two honorable mentions first. One is Vegas Showdown, and one is Avalon. So those okay. are both on my honorable mentions list. My number five, specifically thinking about my family and things that I would definitely enjoy, is actually Scrabble. Okay. I, I personally, I really like that game. I have a lot of fun playing it because it makes me actually think about things and language and English and stuff like that is something I really enjoy. That's not on my list for a few reasons. One, everybody has a smartphone and they all have, you could download words with friends in seconds. Sure. Two, I guess I'm just under the assumption that everybody already owns Scrabble. Like everyone in the world has it. It's, it's possible. Like there's people without food and water and they have Scrabble. <laughs> um, I should edit that out, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, I, I still think it's good. I No, I'm not saying that. I guess I, it was something that came to mind, and I'm like, ooh, Scrabble. Yeah, everybody already has Scrabble, and I just went on. That makes sense. So, no, I like that. Um, my thought process when creating my list was I wanted a variety of games with a variety of mechanics. Okay. And I wanted a couple that were a little tougher to pick up and some that were easier to pick up. Okay. So my number five is Roll for the Galaxy. Okay, yeah. That would that'd actually be pretty because good. Because I have no other dice rollers, and what I want to do is open people up to the dice rolling gaming world. Um, when I say dice roller, I don't mean Dungeons and Dragons. I mean you roll dice, and those dice predict the outcome of your specific moves. I get that D&D does that, but it's not the same thing. It's, yeah, it's drastically different. Um, that game is a lot of fun. Roll for the Galaxy, yeah, you roll dice, and then you it's basically a worker placement game after that, based off the dice roll, and it's a lot of fun. You have to collect resources, um, so there's some resource gathering in there, there's dice rolling, there's resource, I'm sorry, worker management. Yeah, there's, there's a lot involved um, in that game. Economics. But it's um, very simple. So yes. I think that would definitely be a good pick. I agree. Well, I wouldn't say very simple. I think once you catch on, it's very fast-paced and, and, and quick. It's simple enough, you know? I would put it in the moderate category. Yeah, So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's my number five. So you're number four of the games that you possibly might not have played. All right, so <laughs> number four, so this is also on my list of things that I have played is Dominion because it's just extremely easy to pick up. Nice. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, number four on games I have played is Betrayal at House on the Hill for the exact same reason. It's super easy to pick up. Very, very quick. Okay. I took Dominion off my list like three seconds. Well, I took Dominion off my list while you were t- talking about the, the list for the 2015 Good Gift Games. List. Gotcha. Um, because I already kind of 
said it, and I knew it was on your list, and I'm like, well, I got another one. I could <laughs> um, so my number four turned into Settlers of Catan. Okay, I can see that too. I thought about putting that on my list, and I thought about with the people I would be playing it with, it would be a terrible choice. I played it with my family, and I played it with my little brother, my little sister, and my dad, and me. We all had a good time. We enjoyed trading. We enjoyed picking on one person because they were doing something. We enjoyed moving the robber and messing with other people. It also opens up the world of Euro games to families. Yep. I mean, you roll a single die, and that depends on what resources you gather. So that's the other nice thing is the mechanics that it brings is really a lot of resource gathering and then building and a lot of trading. Yeah. That's another really good pick. And and those are the ones that I like for that. Um, it's also just one of those staples of a collection. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it fits well, and I think the other reason why I chose that is it also helps build up a collection for a newbie or for a family. Yeah, so. I totally agree. All right, your number three for games that you probably haven't played. All right, so for games I have not played, I put Machi Koro. Ah. Now, I wasn't sure for my three and my two in that list, which one to put where, because I played neither of them. Um, but that was number three there, and then my number three in games I have played ended up being Dominion. Okay. So two card management games. Yep. Okay. All right, my number three, I took the whole resource thing, um, put my thing down, flipped it and reversed it, and chose, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> just dropped some Missy Elliott on you. Yeah. And I chose Power Grid. Okay. Uh, what it does is it takes settlers and makes it like, I can't really compare it to settlers. It's a resource gatherer like settlers with a lot more rules than settlers and a lot more spending of resources on things. So a lot of more strategy goes into this and a lot more rules goes into this. So this is a more in depth strategy resource game. Yeah. Yeah. it It is pretty in depth, but it's a great game. The thing that I like about this is that there aren't dice that determine what yep. resources it's you get, all which about is why I chose this one next, because yep. there's a lot of people that play Settlers for the first time, and they just don't get the rolls, and then they're broken for life, and it's like, well, well, okay, this one you choose what you want, and yeah. you buy the power plants that you want, that use the resources that you want to buy, and if you don't get resources, it's because you planned it wrong, not because somebody rolled the dice wrong. Yep, exactly. So that's why I chose that for my number three. That's a good call. I like that one. All right, your number two. So things you probably haven't played. So for number two, I put code names. Like I said, code names Machi Koro. I never played either of them, so those could easily be interchangeable. But okay. I've heard a lot of great things. There was that. It must in, be good. It's on that other list, right? And in games I actually have played, this one you're gonna hate, but I think it's very interesting and would be very good for the type of people I would play with. I put Exploding Kittens. I hate it. I know you do. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't really don't. Care. I don't hate it. Um, it's just. For a micro game, it's super micro. Yeah, it is really it is really small, but that's the entire reason why I picked it. So that's the reason why I left it off the list. I don't like... You want to buy a copy of... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I don't like the replayability. I, it's so simplistic. Um, when, you, when you consider the fact that it is a card game and not a board game, I think it, it helps a lot. I mean, it's you could seriously. It's a perfect game if I sleeve them all and and I'm out at the bar with you playing some cribbage and then we play some exploding kittens. Like, yeah, that's like yeah, I'd be all over it. Yeah, then. exactly. It's really good for that, but that is the reason why I picked it because it's really good in that situation and that situation happens a lot in my household. Gotcha. Um. Well, I actually picked a micro game also, but I chose Love Letter. 
Okay. I haven't played that, but I heard, I've heard great things about that as well. Um, I really enjoyed it. I love the fact that there's different themes. So if you have a family that loves Batman or you have a family that loves Cthulhu or, or I'm sorry, Cthulhu or whatever the case is, you can play different versions of Love Letter. They're all essentially the same thing with a theme. Um, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, just like Exploding Kittens, but for some reason I get more enjoyment out of this, and I feel like there's a lot more strategy involved because you pay attention. You laid this, you laid that, you laid this. There's only those X many of that. You know, you could figure. Yeah. You really determine what's going on. It, it, it It's a little... I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would have switched this in Sellers around, but... I think it should still be in a top five for gifting games. The other reason why it's so high up there is if, I mean, if you're like us, we're both newlywed men. Yeah. I just bought a house. You're saving for a house. This game's nine bucks. Yeah. It's, it's really <laughs> cheap. And that, I mean, definitely that's, a big that's, winner for that one. That is a big reason why it made this list. It's like, ah, I got, what am, what am I going to get my sister who's going into college? Yeah. This would be awesome. Yeah. No, that's a good pick. So, all right, your number one game. It's actually the same on both lists, and it was a complete no-brainer. And this should be on everyone's gift-giving guide. It's not that. Um, it, it really should be on everyone's gift-giving guide, in my opinion. I put, obviously, Ticket to Ride. You really can't get through a holiday season without hearing about that game, thinking about that game, playing that game, anything. It's a great, really great family game. I did not put that on my list at all and didn't think about it because I'm kind of Ticket to Road out. And uh, and I I'm, I totally understand that. From your perspective, that makes a lot of sense. I almost bought the anniversary edition. Hmm. This was like three weeks ago. I was in a random board game store, and they had it on like super sale because it was there for a while. And I'm like, wow, I don't have this game. Still didn't buy it. How much? Blah, 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 blah. Wow, that's really cheap. Um, <laughs> I think I'll take it. And then all of a sudden I realized that none of the expansions work with the anniversary edition. The trains are all different sizes because the maps are different sizes. So you can't buy any expansion that isn't included in the anniversary edition and use the trains from the anniversary edition on those other maps. You shouldn't need to. All the other expansions usually come with trains. No. Hmm. That's they weird. They do not. They come with cards and they come with maps. I don't know the one you that use we have. The same, nope. You use the same trains for the Europe one. Had it, yeah. And it, it might have been a little different, but that's even if it comes with trains, I still want to use my anniversary edition stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. And I couldn't, and I'm like, would rather have the base game, <laughs> or rather everything work with everything. Um, I guess. Anyways, enough with that. My number one game which you took off your list, I kept on, was Vegas Showdown. Yeah, uh, I, I thought, I, I definitely liked it. It, it was a very close uh, one to making my list, but it was just enough of, I don't think the people I would play this with would like it, that I, I couldn't leave it on there. I have yet to play this game with anyone who wasn't like, you know, that's a really great game. Um, there's people that run board game conventions that have this list, this game on their like top five list. It's a great games. game. It is a really great um, game. Don't get me wrong. It, I there's the auction part, and that's my favorite part of any game is auctions. So I get to share that with my family, which I really like. Um, there's a lot of interaction. There's lots of things that can go differently. You you don't interact. The only thing that you can change with the other players is 
buying something from them. Otherwise, you have your own board in front of you. Yeah, you get to do a lot of your own thing. You do whatever you want in front of you, and you determine whether you're the winner unless somebody keeps outbidding you on stuff. Right. But even then, you're doing something wrong if that's the case. And um, I don't know. It's, what, an hour long? Something like that. It's relatively short. It, it is a really, really great game. Like I said, it, it hit number six only because I didn't think the people that I would typically play that game with would enjoy it. Yeah, and I and I picked that because I thought even, even my wife likes it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my number one. So for holiday games, um, I don't know. I guess that list is completely different if it's my list, though. Yeah. So it, it all depends on what you're, I mean, obviously you get two very different opinions when you listen to us, you get the very casual gamer and you get the much more hardcore gamer and you can kind of find some middle ground. There was a couple games that we shared on our list that we, we both enjoyed games on each other's list minus one. So you got a lot of options. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, just to, to forewarn everybody, we're not going to have a Christmas episode out. So next week, we're going to have an episode, and the following week, we're going to take off. Um, we will be back the week after that, after New Year's and Christmas and all that's done, and we should have an episode posted up the Friday after all that stuff. You guys have fun. Take care. Spend time with your family. Tell your family about the podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Make sure um, your friends tell their friends. Send us what you got for Christmas, board game wise. I mean, if you want or to what send you us gave. everything, that's fine. Yeah, I don't um, really care. If you want to send us a board game, that's also fine. You know, you send us a board game, we'll find the time to play it with you too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but um, go ahead and, and like us on Facebook, Two Board Guys Podcast. You you type it in there; it's pretty much the only thing you're gonna find. Um, go ahead, look on SoundCloud if you're on Stitcher right now. Go ahead, look on Stitcher if you're on SoundCloud. Let people know. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you found our business card in a box from um, some of our, I don't want to say partners, but some some buddies out there that we, we buy board games from and stuff like that. Some and sponsors as well. Yep. Um, we'd love to hear if, if you're getting our business cards. And, I mean, the biggest thing is just let people know. Um, we're not here to really make any money. We don't ask for donations or anything like that. We're out here because we love this topic and we love sharing the information and we want to find a bunch of other people that enjoy it as well and help everybody else find enjoyment from it also. Totally. So hope everybody had a great week. We will talk to you next week. It's the Two Board Guys Podcast. My name is Travis. I'm Eddie. Have a wonderful week. (laughs) 